Oh, and this is Matt Hines, and I'm talking to you from Family and Friends Farm in Petaluma, California. I just wanted to share some about our strategy for managing the soil and how we're preparing the ground for growing vegetables. I talked about this in the last podcast a little bit, but I want to try to focus on what is our step-by-step approach that we're managing the grounds with that we're using right now. And I can explain why, but first I just want to explain what it is that we're doing. And I don't think this is like the only way that anybody should do it is might not work for everybody. So I'm not really even endorsing it, but I just think this is kind of interesting. I'm really excited about it because I think there is implications for, uh, I mean, my whole thing is just kind of being a lazy person. <laughs> I'm trying to make it easy. <laughs> so that's in, in my, the, the idea of it, I think to, most people, even to myself before, I just didn't think it was possible. And people were like, oh, it's just going to be too labor intensive. <laughs> but I'm finding that though it is very labor intensive, it's not, <laughs> it's still, it's still easier, it's still easier. So here's how it goes. We're starting with like a meadow or a, a grassy area that we're going to take and put into vegetable production. And you know, so it's just been mowed this area. But now, you know, so the first thing we started doing is uh because we had to do something with that all that turf. And so what we did is just put down a black plastic tarp. I've just got, a, I got a roll of, it's like, it's not even that thick. It's thin po- woven poly black uh, fabric. I got six foot wide and I cut it into 50 foot strips. And then I lay it down on that turfed area and uh, I'm finding that it doesn't matter how high the grass is. <laughs> as long as it's like herbaceous and there's no like woody stuff, woody plant material, you can just put the tarp right on top of that, even if it's four feet high. I'm doing it right now and in some of the areas, four foot high grass. And I'm finding that this is still working to... So then I tamp it down with um, metal stakes and uh, sandbags and anything to kind of weight it down because it is very light. It would, I have to use kind of a lot of those things to, to make sure it stays down because it will blow away in the wind and whatnot. And also if you're putting it over four foot high grass, it's like pushing it, it pushes it back up. But still, if there's enough weight on it, evenly distributed, 
then it works and it works to kill down all of that grassy material and forbs and whatever broad leaves are are in there and it's pretty it's pretty cool <laughs> cuz then so after and it might take like a month or some right now it's only taking a couple weeks if especially if the grass is a little lower at the time that you put the tarp on and it's that that just kills down that layer so you're in, you end up with just dead grass <clears throat> and then what uh some people will plant right into that um but what I'm doing is I'm adding a layer of compost and I'm getting uh, compost brought in from the local waste management center, which uh, processes the yard wastes that it gets and also adds uh, some animal manures, chicken manure into it. And so I got a, about 40 yards of that dropped off and I've gotten... 65 total I guess now and so on each of these strips of beds that are 50 feet long and the, the actual area of coverage that I would apply the compost would be four three and a half four feet wide strips so then there's a little strip that's not composted and that's what where like walk you could walk in between the rows um that's that's what we're that's how we're creating the bed and so then you got that strip of uh compost layer that's four to six inches deep and i work that in just by using a pitchfork or a broad fork just to the depth of the fork to create a a little bit of um, break up the compaction just just right there the roots could hopefully get down and do their thing and then the plants grow up and that's you, you transplant and you, you transplant right into that or seed right onto that compost layer and things are growing up right in right in that this is the method we're using right now to create these beds The other aspect then is the cover cropping, um, which to get to that point, well, I'll, let me just go through then like what's the step-by-step. Step. So we did, we put down the tarp and then a month later, pull the tarp, add the compost, work it in, and then plant. I basically have the plantings broken down into the warm season crops and the cool season crops and the the warm season would be transplanted from april through july or so and the cool season stuff actually goes all year round but it has to be in select locations during the warm season where i'm doing the cool season i have some places fortunately that are like getting shaded from the direct midday sun and so i'm still going to be doing cool season plantings all 12 months out of the year that's going to be ongoing um 
but uh, I break it down that way because what I'm trying to do is have a pattern of of planting. So once a once a bed is made, so I'm making some beds today. So this bed made in uh, May here. I'm gonna plant with uh, well this bed. I'm gonna do a warm season crop into it. Cucumbers. So I'm gonna plant those cucumbers. They're gonna grow up. They're gonna be active through August, probably around September first. They're gonna be uh, they're gonna be done. So then I'm gonna use that same bed and I'm gonna plant a cool season crop like a lettuce. That'll grow up and probably be harvested. Uh, you know, if it's transplanted lettuce, head lettuce, that's probably going to be done then. Um, well, actually, the way I'm doing the lettuce, not to get too off on the weeds, but that's that's actually going to last me a while because I'm just like doing cut and come again. So that lettuce planted in September is probably going to be still active through the until the hard frosts kill it in January. So then I'm going to go, let's just say, yeah, then let's say it's done in January. So then I'm going to plant then. The next thing will be cover cropping. So I did a warm season crop and a cool season crop in one bed. But now I'm going to take that bed and put it into cover crop. And cover crop is a, is, is a mix of seeds that are grown for various purposes. But to hopefully restore and and benefit and build back up the soil. That's the point of it anyways. So you have some some types of things that will be grown just to create more biomass. They grow up real fast and grow a lot of vegetation. <coughs> Other things burrow down deep. So that's doing the same kind of tilling effect. You can get like tillage radishes or something like that. They dig down deep and they, they're also pulling nutrients from down low back up to the surface so they're more available for the, the vegetable crops to use. Um, and then you have other things that are good for like prevent just straight preventing erosion, especially during the rainy season. That If there's coverage on the ground, then that will prevent any erosion and compaction. Um, and then there's also just the purpose of like weed suppression. So you can make sure that, uh, well, the whole idea of a weed is where one place where I'm like looking at this a little bit differently, but in theory, you know, you have some cover crops that are put down for the purpose of, that they're going to prevent the peskier weeds from coming up. So, but the, the other aspect of the cover crop that we're trying to do is do an all native cover crop mix all natives to california um, trying to actually really identify the things that were specifically here in abundance um you know before <laughs> which we can go into that in, a, in another discussion but suffice it to say for today in this episode we're trying to focus on all native cover crops. Uh, yeah, and I want to I wanna do an episode just, just focusing on the native cover crops, but <coughs> um, and the benefits of that. But let me just make a statement about what is the process that we're using for this one. 
and we are going to use native cover crop mixes. There's going to be also, for the cover crop mixes, there's sort of warm season and cool season mixes. So this example I'm giving, if, if we're ready for cover crop in January, then the, that's when the cool season crop is going to be planted. Cool season crop can be planted up until, I don't know, until March maybe. And then from March to October, that'll be the season where I'm going to do a warm season mix. It's going to be stuff that uh, is going to be liking the heat and will grow up um, even when it's really hot and it may be more drought conditions. Uh, I'll probably have, if it's not going to rain on that mix, I'm probably going to have to water it to get it to germinate. But the idea with that mix is it's not going to need a lot of help to get up and established and growing during the warm season. And same goes for the cool season crops. It's all a mix of things that can survive and do fine in cooler weather. Um... So then, after the cover crop grows up to whatever its max potential is, and a lot of these mixes I think will grow up within about three or four months, so you let it do its thing and grow up. And by the way, it should look very beautiful because there's gonna be like tons of flowers in the mix. It'll be, it's supposed to look nice too. <laughs> and uh, but it reaches its point where it's um at its max value for like the cover crop aspect of it at which point come through with the tarp and I cover it with the tarp and the process begins again so um <laughs> noticeably though with this strategy and the thing that I'm really excited about is that there is no tractor involved, no machines, no mower, no weed whacker. Okay? It's non-mechanized method. I'm moving all the compost by hand. And uh, I know that some people think that's like, there's a perception that that's just like, intolerably backbreaking and just arcane and outmoded way of of doing this but it's I don't know man this is so much simpler and part of the reason for me and my experience why I'm gravitating towards this is because you can count on it every single year when you need that tractor to operate to till up an area to prepare it for plantings, what happens? It breaks down. And then you got to try to fix it and fig diagnose the problem. And you might have to go hire a mechanic to fix it. Or then it's like, okay, I see we got to replace this part. So then you order the part. When's that going to come? Five days, two weeks, a month. Oh, here it comes. This is not. This is the wrong part. They sent us the wrong. So there's always something with that, and you're waiting for somebody else to like help. No, I don't need that. All I need is uh, this 
these sandbags, this tarp, shovel, wheelbarrow, and my own physical body, and I can get that work done. I can get this ground prepared when I want it. I don't know. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is how gentle this is on the turf. And, you know, with the native thing, I'll, I'll make this argument another time. But basically, it's like this is this is a, talking about restorative. I think this is a really key component to restoration. Like what is restoration and what are weeds? I alluded to that. What's a weed versus something that's actually beneficial? That's a question I still ask myself every day. I I always am questioning that and at least for now it's like well a weed is a non-native and a weed is something that is competing and or it's some a weed is something that's directly competing with a crop that I need for food or to earn my income with this farm operation but if there is a a native growing outside of where I'm trying to have a profitable crop. To me, that's not a weed. And even if it's growing up at high, that's not a weed. That's something that belongs there. Um, so I think this is a little bit of a... Yeah, so in this way, this is a little bit of a different mentality and a different strategy, for better or for worse. But, um, and uh, it's still also very experimental. I don't even know if this is going to work. <laughs> so certainly I will check in. Yeah, this, this is, this is um, we're doing some research right now. Let's see if this actually works. But so far, the initial results, I, uh, I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about the effectiveness of it. I'm excited about how gentle it is on the land and how simple it is. Simple. Cheap. Really cheap, too. Really cheap method to deal with this. Minus the cover crop seed, which that looks like it's going to be a little pricey. Also, the compost is expensive. That's, that's the biggest thing that we're investing in. For this for this whole operation is uh, we've already spent a couple thousand dollars on on compost, uh, but I also found that there's plenty of grants to support f- small scale farmers in getting compost. So maybe that's actually not a barrier. Um, so, anyways, uh, that's a little bit about what we're doing on Family and Friends Farm. Uh, methodology we're using for uh, no-till, tart pulling, cover cropping, use of natives.